0: Welcome to another edition of LGBT In The Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro-wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, and welcome to part two of our first ever two-part episode, I guess. Or it's technically two different episodes. I don't know, I'm numbering things weird. Either way, we're talking WrestleMania 36 yet again. Our first part... They came out earlier today, covered night one. Myself and Daniel Trainer from the Same Team podcast are here to cover night number two as well, um, which featured such luminous matches as the Firefly Funhouse match, um, as well as the crowning of Drew McIntyre in a moment that God would have felt so much better if there had been people there to share in that, in, in that emotion that he showed. Um, but we'll get to that. That's still coming, and actually we're going to jump into that conversation pretty quickly here, but um, I will give just a heads up, we do open up this conversation talking about some of the uh, the reports about WWE continuing to record um, shows uh, at the Performance Center starting this Friday, Um, and yeah, that's not unsafe, or I don't know, it's more so just... I'm I'm very I'm very curious to know how they are skirting around the uh, the stay at home orders in Florida for this because like it just and come on this just, this just I get trying to get to WrestleMania and and get that out of the way because it's your big thing for the year but mm, come on at some point we have to think about what actually is happening outside of the walls and. Outside of your bubble of pro wrestling, I, I'm faced with it every day. I don't know. This is. These are the same frustrations that we get into in the conversation. So I'll just we'll just jump into that conversation right now. Here, my, me and Dan Trainer, WrestleMania thirty-six, night number two. What a banger! Oh, and before I forget. Um, a couple episodes back, I did a, a fun little episode where I kind of looked at this article that I had written about myself, like, interesting facts that we were doing as, like, a series of our sports. and I put out the call to all the listeners out there that if you had something interesting about yourself that you wanted to share with everybody, to drop uh, us a DM over on Twitter at LGBT Pod. and uh, I'm happy to say that we have our first person to take us up on that, uh, a... Listener, fan of the show, friend of the show in some ways, uh, at Blue Ray Mysterio, um, reached out and I have to say, like this, this, these little factoids, like, kind of warm my heart a little bit. Apparently, <laughs> um, they used to be really into jellyfish yo-yos and was also in middle school choir. Um, now. I will say this, I had to I had to kind of have a discussion with <laughs> Blu-ray Mysterio about um, what exactly a jellyfish yo-yo was, but once I saw a picture, I immediately clicked, because uh, these, like, sort of, like, stretchy, kind of, like, almost ball looking things were, like, something that I used a lot when it came to, like, my fidgetiness, uh... Like, while doing tasks, and just something to bounce around, and, and and I had never heard them referred to as jellyfish yo-yos, but, eh, learn something new every day. So thank you to, uh, at blue underscore Mysterio for sharing that fun little factoid with us, and if you have something that you want to share with us, an interesting fact about yourself, definitely drop us a DM over at lgbtringpod Or email us at lgbtringpod at gmail.com. And we'll definitely continue featuring these fun little factoids about all of our fans, listeners, wrestlers. It doesn't matter who you are. If you got something to share, share it. It's always fun. Anyway, on to WrestleMania 36, night number two. That little halftime teaser that I was talking about with uh, programming. So, reportedly... Um, WWE is informing talent that uh, they are going to begin taping uh, episodes of Raw and SmackDown again uh, at the Performance Center this coming Friday. I have no idea how they are getting around Florida's stay-at-home uh, orders to do that. I have no clue. Um, it, it seems like we we talked at the beginning of the, of this show about how it like it's dangerous in a lot of ways yeah. for, the, for these shows to continue happening and i get that you want to get wrestlemania out of the way like that's your big deal you can't if wwe has one event that they will pull like heaven and earth to try and get on the air it's wrestlemania uh, if you you got to wrestlemania you got that gone and done fine if you if you I just do not understand their thought process of trying to continue to run shows and and record shows in the in this environment, especially with the way that the like under federal mandates and state mandates like this like it's just completely ridiculous and I don't i like I said this is um this is a pretty much speculation right now like these are just reports from fightful um and uh uh Dave Meltzer so we'll see if it comes to fruition but right now that's that's reportedly the plan is to keep things going uh even though no one understands how they're able to keep things going they're not going anywhere and it's
1: because of one person in particular I'm sure that there are multiple people maybe who are on his side and and trying to support his ideas but like it's the same thing that Vince is doing here that like dana white is doing with the ufc just trying just trying to keep things going you know they're two trump guys uh who i think enjoy the idea of being renegades and still producing content when other people aren't and it's really irresponsible and it's stupid and honestly, the thing that would benefit the WWE product the most would be taking some time off. They're not going, I mean, they're never going to, just because of what that would mean for money and money. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think everybody would agree that if they took a month off right now, it would only benefit the product and and benefit people sort of uh exhaustion levels with pro wrestling. But they're just gonna keep going. I don't listen, I don't understand how they do it or or how they're going to do it or the circumstances surrounding any of it, but they're just gonna keep right on through and producing these shows. And I don't know how you do a three-hour. I mean they're just gonna keep pumping in old footage, I guess, to these Raws. I mean, I don't know. Cut Raw down to an hour. Make SmackDown an hour. Do like a couple put on a couple great matches a week or something, you know, if you, if you must keep doing this, like for whatever reason, whatever selfish reason you're doing the show still just like, I don't know, have raw every week be two great 25 minute matches and a couple promos or something like it's just to continue business as usual in, in whatever way that they're able to just feels so misguided for so many reasons. And I just don't really, Uh, other than pride and other than trying to be boastful about the fact that they're still doing it, I just don't understand. Um, And I think it would take, you know, a stand from the wrestlers themselves uh, to be like, Hey, we're not going to do this in order for things to change. And I just don't think that that's going to happen, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. And and they have been vocal about like saying like, if people aren't, well, no, that was AEW. Never mind, that wasn't WWE. I was about to say WWE's been vocal about people saying like if they don't want to, if they don't feel safe coming, then they don't have to. But I'm I, sure, I, and even, I, I assume that's still there, but it hasn't really know, been vocalized. But you know that that's
1: not. I mean, they oh, can. No. You know that they can say that, but you know that if I mean, what are you going to do if you're somebody like I think if you're like a Roman or. Uh, Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan or like a yeah or like even like a Becky or somebody who has some clout maybe you get away with it but imagine if you're like uh I don't you know I don't know you're Otis. Like, right or like Angel Garza being like I'm actually not coming anymore because I don't feel comfortable Vince would be like okay <laughs> like don't come then and then we'd never see him again yeah. you know like that's it, it's it's just that I'm sure that can be in place and that's a great thing to say, but I don't think that that is probably going to be followed through in practice. Unfortunately.
0: No, I don't think so either. It's the same thing with Saudi Arabia deal. Like, you know, they say, they say anybody can say they don't want to go, but yet the only people that don't go are people that have the kind of, uh, power within that company that, uh, can say that without feel about fearing for their job in that way.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, what better way to move into night two than on such a down
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, these are the times we are living in, Brian. This this is what's going on, okay? We can only be honest.
0: It's very true. It's very, very true. And honestly, like, the first match of night two kind of is the one that's going to lift us back up because it was one of my favorites of the weekend as well. We open up night number two with the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Champion Rhea Ripley going up against... Charlotte Flair in a 20 minute clinic that if Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins felt like the most, the match that kind of took people out of the empty arena environment the most on night one, this was that for night two. Um, this was the, these two women like just like killed it. They worked their ass off. They worked this, like they were in front of 80,000 fans. Like it was a, a, a an awesome match. Um, and my only complaint, Once again, if you're trying to build up a new star like Rhea Ripley, why do you beat her at WrestleMania against a person who could lose 10 matches in a row and not be hurt at all?
1: Right. I, I loved this match. I, I, when I, when we were talking about Seth and Kevin, uh, on Saturday, and then I mentioned a, a, another match this weekend that would have been in my top two in ring matches. This would have been the other one. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was great. The two of them are are really really good, and I thought it had really nice chemistry. And it was it was tough, and it was emotional, and it was. I just thought it was a great match. But I listen. I totally agree with what you're saying. It it, it I don't really understand why, and I don't know what they're going to do with, in terms of Charlotte having the NXT belt, the worst thing that this company can do right now, well, the worst, that's <laughs> not necessarily. The worst. Say, <laughs> they're that very closely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of bad things. But one of the worst things they can do product-wise is make NXT just another show. And they've been doing that uh, for a little while now by bringing over a Finn Balor and, and bringing over some of the NXT people to the main roster. And it all feels very fluid. Uh, and, and, you know, if you have Charlotte on Wednesdays now defending the NXT belt, it just NXT becomes just another show in a way that I don't really understand because, you know, it feels like a way to drive up NXT ratings to compete with a W, which I think is, misguided in the sense that nobody who is watching AEW instead of NXT on Wednesdays is automatically going to watch NXT now because Charlotte is there. That's kind of the reason they're watching AEW in the first place, I think is, is to, to have some sort of alternative. Um, And NXT, I think if it wants to thrive and succeed, needs to still be this like renegade, you know, indie, whatever in quotes, uh, uh, show and, and product, and by having Charlotte there, it, it just doesn't. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I know that she said she wants to defend the NXT belt. Uh, on on other shows. Well, no, that's not the point. The point is that the NXT champion is on NXT, and that's what makes it cool. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, the match itself was great. I love both of those women so much. But yeah, I just from a booking. Perspective. I don't quite understand, and and you know, I, I don't know what's happening with NXT. uh I, The lack of a takeover here, I think, has really hurt things and and muddled things up a little bit. But you know, a- NXT is getting pretty far away from what it was, and and that's a shame. And I think just having these other established, I mean, Charlotte. If Charlotte ended her career today, she's a Hall of Famer. So it's like, why she shouldn't be wrestling on a- NXT. It just it defeats the purpose of what makes NXT cool, and I just I don't know. To me, it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, I mean I'm right there with you. I I get the mindset of what they they think this is supposed to do, like you were saying, but like I don't think it's going to generate the kind of uh, bump that they're looking for. I mean, to be fair, oh. no, like like the, the past times that Charlotte has been on the show, it didn't generate the bump that they wanted. Well, right,
1: exactly. That's why I'm so surprised. Like I just. Yeah. Make NXT cool. Make it its own thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay with the belt being defended at WrestleMania, I guess, maybe. But, like, just, it, it NXT should be cooler than it feels right now, I think. And uh, we're, we're getting pretty far away from that, despite the fact that, you know, now we have some very exciting potential matches for Charlotte. But, I don't know. I think it's at, it's at a pretty high cost.
0: No, it definitely is. Like, I think, at least I will say this: I'm fine with the title being defended on WrestleMania, um, as long as you have an NXT style match, and I think we got that in here. Yes, um, so I, think, I agree. If you put with the you. match on a Takeover; it would get over just the same. I feel.
1: Yeah, um, I but
0: agree. yeah, but at the end of the day, like wh- I, I said the same thing about Shayna. Why? Why undercut? somebody who you are building up in such a strong, strong way, like Rhea Ripley, like ending Shayna Baszler's year plus run with the belt, you know, basically almost single-handedly winning the war games match back at takeover, um, uh, takeover war games at survivor series, leading NXT's women's uh, team to to victory at the survivor series. Like all of this storyline stuff that you are building her up as this next Uber star that you want in that division why do you bring her in and have her lose her belt in this match? It just makes yeah. no sense. It's backwards. It's completely I backwards. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But no, but outside of that though, definitely a match that I'll be revisiting down the line. Cause this was just, it was just stellar stuff. Stellar.
1: And I think, I think we will with those two. I, I think Charlotte and Rhea, you know, maybe Rhea eventually, wins the title back but then you know at that point it's like well if she beats oh, I don't know whatever I'm talking too much about this but you know if she beats Charlotte again for the belt it's like well we're getting to the point where Rhea should be uh moved up to the main roster at this point now she's she's got the NXT belt again and I don't know it's all it's all just becoming one thing you know it's yeah. it's uh it's a little too messy
0: yeah definitely um speaking of messy Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. Oh boy. So I, I I say messy, but this match itself wasn't necessarily that messy. It was just more so a question of why was this here? I think because they needed sixteen matches.
1: Down. <laughs> Once they I decided that. they were going two nights, they were like, oh boy, well, all right, who doesn't have a match? I mean, listen, at least the right guy went over, okay? Yeah. And uh, hopefully bigger and brighter things are ahead for Alistair Black. We were, we were talking about Money in the Bank earlier. I He is uh, – I, I was thinking about this earlier because I've had a lot of time on my hands. I uh, booked a Money in the Bank fantasy card <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> just just cuz i don't know i mean i am a dork and needed something to do but also just trying to get a, an idea of like who might be in that match and i think he is somebody who could really really benefit obviously from uh from a money in the bank briefcase and, and a big push i think that would be really fun um but yeah so hopefully hopefully you know better things are ahead for Alistair. this match was fine you know bobby lashley like i just don't care i don't care about him i don't care about lana he's a fine worker i thought the match was perfectly acceptable but again
0: nothing i'll ever think about again in my life same 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 the only real story of this match for me was why is bobby lashley wearing pants now that makes no <laughs> sense it doesn't look good and then on and then
1: he and Lana are having spats, and it's just like I you know, it's it's just yeah. it's all uh yeah. oh, God. The live Morgan of it all. I mean, remember that, <laughs> wasn't, that fun? Oh, wasn't that fun for a week. So fun. People God. tried to tell me that no, this time's gonna be different, they're gonna handle an LGBTQ storyline better. I'm like, I don't think so, guys. And <laughs> they certainly didn't.
0: So No, they did not. Whatever. Thankfully, Go out. They or... dropped that. Yeah. But speaking of some, speaking of uh, coupling up, though, our next match. Oh boy, our next match might be. I saw this from from, um, from Eric Shorey, uh, DJ Accident Report online, like questioning, like, is this the healthiest romance in, that WWE has ever done in storyline? <laughs> like <laughs> with Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Uh basically fighting for like fighting over Mandy Rose uh in this match. Um <laughs> of course this the culmination of a uh storyline that has I'm not gonna lie has been fairly convoluted um at times. Um but also and legitimately
1: legitimately complicated
0: where I'm like, wait,
1: what <laughs> like wait, yeah. why does she why is Sonya doing this? And like, now why is she friends with Dolph? And like, why does she hate me? Like, it was just like, it was too many dots to connect, which made me feel very dumb,
0: but also, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, no, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why you should feel dumb about this because this Thank was you, just, bro. it started, yes, you're very welcome. It started from a very simple place and then got overly complicated in a convoluted way. Um, and then it culminated in a match between Otis and Dolph Ziggler, where uh, with the, some help from Mandy Rose, uh, Otis w- defeated Dolph Ziggler and got the girl at the end. We got a big sweaty hug and like Mandy wiping the sweat off of her arms <laughs> before like hopping <laughs> into Otis's arms and then having a nice little kiss. And It was beautiful. Yes. It was, it was, uh, it was actually like kind hearted in a way. Like I had no real issues with this. It was just like, this is the epitome of like people looking at wrestling as a quote unquote male soap opera. This is, this is the epitome of that. And it all,
1: it all feels very dated, you know, it feels like like this is something we would have seen like in the early two thousands or something between like some divas and, whoever else. So I do, I do feel a little bad for Mandy. And I think especially Sonya for being dragged into this, it feels not a great use of their talents. And I I assume that we are probably headed towards some sort of mixed tag match. I hope that that is a, I hope that's like a SmackDown main event or something moving forward. I don't need that on a pay-per-view, but I assume we'll get Otis and Mandy against Dolph and Sonya probably on Smackdown this Friday or something. Who knows? But um, yeah, it, whatever. The match was fine. It's, you know, that's one of those that you kind of throw away. It's all about the storyline. I don't really know who that match is for. I don't know who, like it just doesn't feel like that's who the wrestling fan is anymore these days. Like wanting a a match like that, like that storyline would have been like the main event feud like 20 years ago, you know, would have been like, Oh God, who's going to get the girl. And now it just feels like, Oh God, nobody really cares. Um, It's been fine. I mean, I thought they actually like, they actually did a long, storyline that actually paid off and was actually a little interesting in terms of them like carrying over a storyline from week to week to week which they never do anymore like and it's like mysterious and who's behind this and like it wasn't the greatest payoff of all time but at least it was something that I can at least give them credit for like you know maintaining a story over a couple of months which they never do um so in that respect it was all right but yeah, I don't know. It just feels like Sonya has been dragged down into this thing now, and uh, I don't know how she gets out from where she is now. I mean, there's you know never been anybody more unlikable than Sonya. You right know, aligning <laughs> herself with Dolph Ziggler, it's like oh god. So hopefully they yeah. can find a way to get her out from under there eventually. But yeah, whatever. It was fine. It was what it was.
0: Exactly. That's that's basically it. Like and we'll see what they do now that this whole thing apparently has culminated but who knows like it's a it's a thing from a bygone era i think we're past the point of like i don't know i would like to think we're past the point of like storylines where men are like fighting for the honor of a woman or like fighting like right. for, to woo a woman that sort of thing like that, it's it's overplayed and and kind of not really working in today's society in some ways yeah um, no totally yeah oh uh, and now that brings us to I
1: forget I forget the order. So this is fun for me when you're like up next. I'm like what was it? <laughs>
0: oh. Oh. Let's just, I, let think, me... I think I, I think I know where we're going though. Here's how you'll know what matches next. 36 minutes 35 oh. seconds. Last man standing. the <sighs> rated R superstar edge and Randy Orton in the <laughs> In the second longest match in WrestleMania history.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. It was... It was so long. And, like, it didn't... I don't understand why it was. It didn't need to be. Like there's an interesting story there that you can tell over the course of like 15 minutes max. Like I, they fought in a gym for 20 minutes and it's like, they didn't even like the thing that was so funny about that match to me was that it was supposed to be so visceral and aggressive and like, like they're like in this gym, like hanging each other from like a rope. It's like, if you just, There's a there is a 50 pound weight right next to you. Just hit him in the head. Like what like we're in this gym with all these like things, these weapons all around them, and yet they're like rolling these, what do they even call these sleds at each other? It's like, what are we doing? There's like punching each other for 20. They just punched each other for like 25 minutes. And it it was just like it was so exhausting. It really was. And I I ultimately I thought this stuff in the final, let's say, five minutes was pretty compelling, but getting to that point was so long, and it was so exhausting, and I just kind of feel bad for Edge, like, having this, because, you know, obviously, this isn't the match they intended when they started this feud, uh, you know a couple months ago. You know, I'm sure they had some grand plans for what they were going to do with an actual WrestleMania. So it's a huge bummer for him that this is his big comeback match in front of no people. But with that being said, uh, I I was pretty surprised at how meandering it was for two guys who know better, you know, who have been around forever. um, It just felt... I don't know. I'm not sure what they were trying to do or or why it was so long because it wasn't even that interesting. You know, a a long match is fine. I mean, if it's good, uh, this just wasn't that, I mean, it was just punch after kick after swinging from a blight, you know, it was just like, it, it didn't all add up for me, unfortunately.
0: I, this is probably where I'm going to have my most unpopular opinion.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. This should These be are, good
0: i I understand the complaints I do, and I share some of those complaints. It did it need to be thirty six minutes long? No. Did it need to have as much like walk and brawl as it did? No, but I legitimately like this match. The entire thing, not the entire okay, like I said, i this could have been cut down by a like a good five to ten minutes and it would have been much better i don't i did not like a lot of the walk and brawl stuff i did, especially did not like the fact that they had people hanging people from weight equipment less than two weeks after the crispin Wa uh stuff <laughs> <laughs> i know i
1: know that that was i mean that could not i mean
0: was that a coincidence like that's bad i that mean that had I- that had to be something where they just weren't thinking about that. They had that had to be, but even then, like, why don't you edit that out?
1: Right. There was some stuff that, like, there were some even. This is a tangent, but like, I hate JBL on commentary. Oh, yes. yes. I hate him. And he made what he made like a weird mistake. That what was it? I can't remember now, but he said something. Oh, he said, like, uh, Said Dolph Ziggler is responsible for one of the best WrestleMania moments ever when he, like, cashed in his money in the bank. Oh, yeah. Like, that never, that didn't, that never, that's never happened. But yeah. it was funny that, like, nobody caught that or, like, edited it out. But anyway, the the larger story there is that I hate JBL on commentary so
0: much. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, with that, definitely.
1: But yeah, I, it's interesting. I mean, I, I respect you for liking it. I mean, I, I, I mean I want to and there there are aspects of it that I did enjoy but you know if it had been half as long um then maybe I would have been on board but uh man that was a that was a long journey we went on through a lot of hallways
0: it definitely was and and the main reason why I think I liked the match as much as I did one well two reasons one when you talked about in the boneyard match like undertaker and AJ's acting abilities and then you talked about the like the final like Third of this match definitely had that same compelling nature, like Edge, like just finally cracking and then resorting to using the concerto to win the match, and just like looking at what he's done, and just having to like sit with that and stomach <laughs> right. make- that sort of like the the acting all throughout the match. I think the acting and them talking to each other and like you know Randy consider like continually telling Edge like I love you and that's why I'm doing this to you and blah 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 like. Yes. I love all that. Yeah, the, all that was great. And like it was um, even though like, you know, maybe some unhealthy stuff going on there, but still like it was um it was still good. I liked that much. And then I liked how inventive they were with uh spots within the space at times. Um sure. I, like edge, the, climbing that that piece of the cell that's hanging on on the ceiling of the conference room, dropping the elbow. The, the verticality of some of the moves like him like basically like doing a like parkour uh leap onto Randy in the office chair and then like and you know ending the match on top of the semi like they they made use of what they had available to them and i think they they utilized the pc in the best way that they could have in the best yeah. way that any other match did um so like i i don't know that that sort of stuff really stood out to me and I'm not gonna lie, like this match didn't feel as long as it did to me. I wasn't one of those people that had like I definitely was like noticing like some dragging here and there, but it, I at the end of the, the time like it didn't feel like 36 minutes. It felt closer to like 30, and that's not much, but at least like it didn't. I didn't have the same like dragging experience that that I think everybody else has, that has commented on this match has had. So. Yeah. I don't know. I completely understand why it doesn't work for, for most people. I completely understand that. And I am not detracting that from anybody at all. I'm just like I think the, the match worked for me for the most part. So is Edge sticking around, right? Yeah, he has he's sticking around like periodically. I don't know. He's not going to be regular. I'm pretty sure, but he has right. some, some dates left. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, will he, do you think we'll see him again? Like before SummerSlam? is that sort of the schedule he's going to be on probably
0: it depends like it really depends on how the pandemic situation works out because i i can't see edge as being somebody who would be willing to 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 up and leave family for this sort of stuff right you know? yeah
1: for sure I, I, yeah yeah
0: he's, I would say that,
1: yeah he's such a solid performer I mean, they can slot him into and i was you know a, you know, a Saw some people just theorizing about what he could do at SummerSlam. And there's so many interesting options. I mean, you, you know, if you look at the roster and you put him up against, you know, Seth Rollins or or Kevin Owens or who, I mean, Daniel Bryan. I mean, there's so many exciting matches that they can do with him, even if it is just like on a two-match a year thing for the next few years. He's such an interesting guy to have in your back pocket now. And I want him to have a better moment than. He did with with this match because he deserves it. I mean, I, I have full faith that if the two of them had had their last man standing match at Raymond James in Tampa, I think it would have been great. This just you know wasn't it for me. So I'm excited for him to be able to sort of have a, a bit of a, a retribution comeback moment when I mean who knows though. It's like we're like, oh at SummerSlam, like who know we could still all be inside our houses it's come SummerSlam. So who knows? But um yeah, hopefully at some point down the line there's uh there are better things for Edge.
0: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly expect there to be. Um it definitely will be better than this match. I'm I'm pretty sure. Even though I liked it, it would definitely be better. Um yeah then of course that moves us into our uh, tag team championship match for the night. The Raw Tag Team Champions, uh, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, going up against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Of course Austin Theory, a sub in for the injured Andrade, which would have made this match I don't know if it would have made the match better just because they really didn't get a ton of time and I don't know, like it just didn't it didn't feel like a WrestleMania match. This is one yeah. of those that just just I don't know. It just felt sort of empty outside of like Montez Ford and Angel Garza constantly screaming WrestleMania that you wouldn't have known. this <laughs> was at WrestleMania,
1: Yeah, for sure. I thought it was fine for what it was. I mean, I, I like the street profits a lot and it was nice to see Bianca and it, we'll see what happens with her moving forward. You know, I made reference to it earlier, but I think she's maybe potentially the one, to take the belt off Becky because I think that she is so great and could really, really have a cool, and impactful run as as a women's champion. The match was fine, you know. It was what it was. He didn't get much time. We sort of crammed in between all the big stuff. Um, you know, Austin Theory in there was a little weird. I mean i I enjoyed looking at him, but I don't know that it was necessarily. You know, he it felt like he was a, a placeholder on the tag team. You know, it, it had that feel to it. Um, yeah. I like that they put him there because I think he's a really talented guy and like I think he could be a really, really big deal in WWE if they if they play their cards right. I mean, he's got the look. He's so young. He's so good in the ring. I think he could be like a really, really big star for them um, moving forward. And it feels like they they might uh, feel that same way You're just just pegging him into that match. But yeah, it was fine. I like all those guys. I like Zelina. I like Bianca. It's nice to see them all again. I think it's it's a common you know a common thing. It's like, is it a match I'll remember? Absolutely not. But um, <laughs> it was fine. And I yeah, better things for all of those people ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean the main the main thing takeaway from this match, honestly, is that Bianca is on Raw now. Right. Like that's. that's the only th- thing that really comes out of this and and that's fine. You know, like I think Bianca and Montez, like they're the way they interact on screen together. Like is it's perfect. I love, love it. Watching but like, I've, <laughs> I've seen the gif of like Montez, like sliding into the ring after Bianca hit the KOD. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this so many times now and just like, this is, yeah, this is the kind of relationship dynamic I want to see on television. Just put it's that great. out there. All it's the great
1: time. They're Yeah. They're so good. I love them so much. And I think there's so much that they can do with, uh, with them moving forward.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to, uh, the match that I felt dragged for fucking ever. Um, this was my edge, Randy Orton. I think, uh, the fatal five way elimination match for the SmackDown women's Championship of Bailey, the champion, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Um, I did not know this. I, I'm not, tell me this. Did you know this was an elimination match going into this match?
1: No, absolutely not. Had the, okay. the same problem. Was very confused. Because I literally... Because Brian and I uh, do... I make these spreadsheets for these pay-per-views. And Brian did the uh, WrestleMania one. And I literally, when I made the spreadsheet, looked up the rules for the match online. Because I was like... Wait, so Fatal Okay, so is this just, like, one, like, one is the thing? And, like, nowhere online anywhere did it explain that it was an elimination match. Anywhere. I, so I, like, looked it up beforehand, trying to figure out the rules, could not find them. And so then when they explained the rules on, on the show, on WrestleMania itself, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, when did they come up with that? So, no, I had no idea that that was going to be the case. Um, the match itself was fine. You know, it's like... I don't know. You know, I'm not a Tamina guy. I'm not really a Lacey Evans guy. I love Sasha. Uh, I love Naomi. I think Bailey's doing some interesting stuff. This all feels like we're headed towards Sasha Bailey at SummerSlam or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, the match itself for me, definitely dragged wasn't particularly interesting. And uh, I don't know.
0: It was one of those things where as soon as I heard that it was an elimination match, I'm like, oh, okay, so either this is going to be one of those matches where people get eliminated like super quick, super quick, and we are in and out in like seven minutes, or this is going to drag. And I right. will say this. I, I, I like pretty much everyone in this match um, in ring for the most part. I could do without Lacey Evans's uh, social media forever and ever. <laughs> um, yeah. But like – and the story of the match served what they're trying to work towards well even though it's felt like they've been trying to build to Bailey and Sasha turning on each other for years at this point i know um, so like yes i see the route we're going i see where we're going to end up with this but you did not need to have this match on for 19 minutes you did not need to have this match go this long in that way to be able to tell that story it it just it just constantly felt um like just plotting and and dragging cuz i like at this point we knew that there was only two other matches left after this and this did this was one of those matches where you could have accomplished the same thing with a, a shorter time frame and honestly this did not need to be elimination either like right. if you had just done a regular fatal 5 way and you could have done the same style of ending that you did and it would have been perfectly fine
1: yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason for it to be elimination. Just do, you know, whatever. Cut it down by seven or eight minutes, and just do what you're gonna do. And yeah, I mean, it's it, it was a placeholder match on, you know, a placeholder title at the moment. I mean, I, I don't know the direction there, really. Like, I was trying to theorize who Bailey is gonna kind of feud with moving forward uh because i don't think it's going to be quite sasha yet you know it just sort of feels like they're in this kind of uh this gray area you know and, and that's that was kind of what shattered the entire match really it was sort of a lack of direction i think
0: mm-hmm. no i definitely did i wouldn't be surprised if we get another like short bailey lacey evans program out of this just based off of the ending because everybody's clamoring for that again right but yeah, uh, I know. But I don't know. It, it's we're just waiting until they're able to get Bailey and Sasha in the ring against each other again. That's just basically what this is, and we'll see how long it takes them. I mean, who knows? But definitely the uh, the a low light of uh, night number two that match was for me. And much like <laughs> much like the first night, we had to eat our vegetables before we got to the dessert because next <laughs> up was the Firefly Funhouse match between the Fiend and John Cena. Okay. Now, I before I even give any of my feelings, I know that we have had we've been on a journey, you and I, with the fiend. Um, we truly where, have. <laughs> where it began with, uh, I believe, us on opposite sides, where you were hating it and I was like pretty pretty digging it, and then we almost flipped at some point. Yeah, where are we at now?
1: <laughs> oh man, this might be the culmination of the journey, Brian, because I, I am well. Here's what I'll say. This this version of The Fiend is, to me, phenomenal, because it, it is, it's exposing Bray's best talents. And I've always said this, I think Bray is, outside of the ring, one of the best performers, characters, actors, they have ever had, in literally the history of the company. I think he is that, good at creating characters and moods he's just great i mean the fiend is such an interesting dynamic weird character and he does so many great things with it i think he is phenomenal where he falters for me is in the ring the in-ring stuff just doesn't live up to the character whether it's just uh old school bray wyatt whether it's the fiend whatever it is i love what he's doing I love the entrances, I love the vignettes, I love the promos, and then the matches just fall short for me. So this was this was great because this wasn't really a match. It was just Bray being the fiend the entire time. And it worked for me on so many levels. It was, it, it was like Brave, it was bold, it was funny it was audacious it was all the things that WWE never is it took risks it it was weird they didn't care about alienating people i thought it was i thought it was really really exceptional i mean when is the last time that like WWE did anything that you wanted to like dive into in terms of like the symbolism and like making sure you caught everything like that hasn't happened uh ever uh, and certainly, certainly not in, in any sort of recent memory, I thought it was completely successful. I applaud John Cena. I mean, I, I'm not even the biggest John Cena fan, but I applaud him for going there with all of it. I just thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, I loved it from start to finish. I thought it was one of the coolest things that they have done as a company uh, in a very long time, if not ever.
0: And I basically agree wholeheartedly this match yeah. was like so so fucking good. I love it i don't i 'll call it a match i don 't care what everybody else is saying. This was a match, <laughs> and it was so damn good. It was like they they put so much creativity into this they the The fact that John Cena was willing to make himself the butt of the joke for so much and make him but basically the entire match was centered around like. This wrong that needed to be righted in a way, and that John Cena was the source of all that wrong. Like he was the he was the reason why Bray had to tap into the Fiend. He's the reason why he became the Fiend and let him. So like dialing back all the way to Cena's debut. Seeing Cena in those debut trunks again (laughs) was fucking mind blowing. Like it was so good, and like you had the the cameo from the SmackDown fist. You had him, like, coming out, like, doing his best, like, Hogan and W.O. impression, like, teasing off of all the heel turn stuff that everybody wanted.
1: The Nikki Bella
0: of it all. Yes, the Nikki Bella of it all. God, like, Bray Wyatt saying, you can look, but you can't touch is... Amazing. I I need that. Like, I just need that on a button (laughs) that I can hit. Like, if I had (laughs) dropped on this show, that would be the first one that I had on here. um oh my God. but like so much about this match was was really good like even Bray like diving back into his past personas like it reminded me like why I originally fell in love with the Bray Wyatt character whenever he interviewed sure. with the Wyatt family because like it was so different than anything else on WWE television at the time and every other iteration like even the watered down iterations of Bray Wyatt over the years have been so vastly different from everything else and yeah the way that this mat this match was crafted together um It set itself apart so well, and I just I don't. There's not enough praise for it. There's not enough, and the symbolism behind behind all of it is really interesting to dive into because basically the message of this match is that you know John Cena doesn't belong here. John Cena doesn't belong here anymore. Like this isn't this isn't his home. Like this and and effectively. We've gotten rid of John Cena. I don't know how long that's going to last necessarily. Cena has a way of popping back up all the time, <laughs> yeah. but but like I don't know. It was just like it's the kind of the kind of subtlety and the kind of storytelling that you like. You said you don't get in WWE, no. and and I'm so so happy that uh, the people that put this together were willing to go to these levels to be that 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 self-referential self-deprecating self-inflective version of what WWE can be because it's it's a breath of fresh air and I don't know like I just it makes me wonder what the what they how they approach Bray Wyatt going forward now because obviously you can't have something like this every time he has a match but we've we've effectively established the Firefly Funhouse as this world as this world unto Bray. And now that we know that he has this realm that he can bring people to, and that he can like sort of play off of insecurities and prey off of things that have you know, past and the sort of, kind of turn that on themselves, like, it makes you wonder what kind of character work they can do with Bray going forward.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean I, I think it shows us what is possible um with Bray and with other people. I mean I, I think more than the boneyard match, I think this Firefly Funhouse match is definitely something that can and maybe should continue. I don't know why anybody like I don't know why anybody would agree to be <laughs> to being in one. You know, if like you know uh you know Bray wants to have a Firefly Funhouse match with uh you know, the rock or whoever, you know, whatever, whoever it is. I don't know why anybody would say yes to that. Like, I don't really know what we're supposed to, like, I don't know where John Cena went, (laughs) like where he is right now, (laughs) just in terms of like, uh, you know, how meta the the entire thing was or any of it was real at all. But uh, it's something that I think should continue. I mean, again, I don't want there to be like four a year, you know, but I think if we get like one a year, I think it's a it's a really cool thing that they can revisit.
0: No, yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I think it's something that would be really fun to revisit um down the line. Also, shout out to uh being able to get Bruce Pritchard's uh Vince McMahon impression on the air on a WWE oh programming. Like so good.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's just so much stuff that happened that was just really ballsy, you know, and in a way that they really never are.
0: Yeah. Like I am resisting the urge to just scream ruthless aggression every time I try and do anything around my apartment. (laughs) Like there's just so much, so much in that match.
1: It was great. It was great.
0: It was great. I oh, I just remembered the second drop that I would have uh, if I had drops on this show is uh the Vince McMahon devil puppet screaming. That's good shit.
1: That's good shit. Yeah, amazing.
0: (laughs) Amazing. It's
1: it was just so good. And it's the sort of thing that like bears repeated viewings, you know, and like, like I said, when's the last time you can say that? Like it was just it was something so unique and so different for them. And yeah, it was it was really a great way to cap off the weekend. You know, I think they really they executed these shows pretty expertly by putting, you know, these two kind of weird matches at the end and it, it managed to make things feel special in in a way that, you know, I think these shows could have felt very mundane and very boring and and uh, and very unremarkable. And I think by having these two matches sort of bookend things on Saturday and Sunday really made you uh, enjoy the entire experience and, and ultimately uh, enjoy the weekend.
0: No, it definitely did, definitely did. I think my only, obviously the, we're getting to the main event here in just a second, but like, I mean, you could have a, the way they structured this, the Firefly Funhouse couldn't have closed Night 2, I feel, but still, yeah. like, the fact that you're getting these matches in main event spots, like, in that way, and they're willing to, like, play off of... They're willing to feed into the sort of circumstances that, they're been, that they've been given, and find yeah, a way to work around it. It was really nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I think almost,
1: like, the Firefly Funhouse match kind of did feel... I mean, it it almost did sort of feel like the last match of the weekend just because, like, we kind of knew where we were going with Brock Drew, I think. Yeah. Um, You know, so that sort of felt predestined. And so once you get there, you're almost like, all right, well, we know what's about to happen. I mean, there was part of me that thought Brock might win, to be honest with you, just because I thought they might try and save that big Drew moment for a crowd or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh yeah, I don't know. I guess we can get into that now. But the yeah, the Firefly Funhouse match to me was sort of just the main event of Sunday, and then we had this like, oh yeah, and then we also have to like switch the title over. Um, yeah, and that's
0: honestly kind of how the match felt. I mean, it was very similar to Braun and Goldberg. You know, very short, very hard hitting. Just finisher, 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 finisher. finisher.
1: Um, yeah, and it, was, it and, was fine. It's you know, again, pretty unremarkable. I mean, like. It's you know Brock has had a lot of these matches over the years that are just F five suplex, F five suplex, other guys finishing move spear, other guys finishing move, and you know it's it's over in a matter of minutes, and it's not particularly exciting and they're all they all blend together and they're all pretty monotonous you know it got the job done i suppose i'm 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 thrilled for drew i think he deserves it and uh will be a will be a worthy champion but you know sometimes i just wish they they went for it a little bit more than they do with uh with the matches themselves other than being this sort of just predictable you know finisher fest
0: yeah and and I think honestly the one person who kind of suffers the most from this event not being out in front of a crowd is Drew McIntyre because yeah. that moment would have been much heavier I feel even though like you can read the emotion on his face just knowing his journey like where he came from where like being the blue chipper and then you know falling out of favor remaking himself on the independent circuit um to an extent that they brought him back seeing him finally kind of achieve that potential Um was a really compelling story to tell with him, but the lack of crowd really like dulled that match. It really dulled the, the ending. And, you know, I know that like, it was, re- it was nice to see him hoist the belt up and like, and, and celebrate, but you just feel for the dude. Cause you know, if that had been at, at Raymond James, that stadium would have been just, boisterous oh what
1: yeah I mean it would have been quite it would have been quite the moment for sure I do feel bad for him that he's kind of robbed of that you know he'll, he'll be in front of crowds again obviously but he'll never have that moment um, but you know to his credit it seems like he's he's playing it off and and is grateful for everything that is that has come his way and has been rolling with the punches uh, in, in an admirable way so yeah it, it is a bummer that he wasn't given that moment but you know, I think you, you sacrifice those, then you think about like, you know, what would have seen a Wyatt been, or what would have Taker Styles been in, you know, what would they have done in front of a crowd? Like we wouldn't have gotten these weird avant-garde matches that we got. It's, it's interesting to think about how different those would have been had the crowd been in place. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's a bummer for Drew, but you know, He'll be in front of people again as champion again, uh, hopefully, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how people react to him then. Because I think they'll give him they'll give him a nice moment when that eventually happens.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of WrestleMania 36. Wow. A what long, a journey! What a journey it was. Yes, definitely. Um, I guess before we before we get out of here, just real quick, uh, give me your um, favorite match and the match that you would suggest people seek out. Ooh, great question. So they can be the same. Say yeah. that again? And they can be the same match oh, if, sure. if, if, if it just happens to line up that way, but I'm very curious what what you see from those I two categories.
1: Think, I think, well, you know, I'm going to put the Firefly and the Boneyard to the side, because I think that those are two separate things almost. I would, I would, uh, suggest that people check those out. Um, I think especially the Boneyard match. I think the Firefly Funhouse match, if you're not a wrestling person would be completely confusing and insane and like a fever dream. I don't know that you would have any idea what was happening. I think, but I would suggest people watch those. But if we're just talking about the in-ring stuff, I think I will say that my favorite match of the weekend was I'll say Kevin and Seth. And then I think if I were to suggest that people check out a match, I would suggest they watch Charlotte and Rhea to sort of see how far I think women's wrestling has come and how talented that those two are. Uh, Because if all you know of women's wrestling is, you know, a lingerie match or something, I think you watch those two put on a 20 minute clinic and I think he'd be very surprised. So uh, yeah, I would, I would suggest that people check that out.
0: I hmm. can't disagree with you on either of those. I think for me, my favorite match was my favorite match was probably the firefly fun house. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just because like knowing the history that, that it played off of and, and being able to sure. live, like relive that history, like it makes it that much more impactful. And I think your point is very valid, that if you don't know the history of John Cena, and you don't know the history of Bray Wyatt, you'd lose some of the impact. You lose a lot of the impact, I would say, actually, um, yeah. from what that match tries to do. Um, so, that would be my favorite one, personally. What I would show to people, probably would be, um, God, it's such a tough choice between kevin and seth and charlotte and Rhea. i probably go kevin and seth
1: just because mm-hmm.
0: that's one of those that it shows it's probably the best example of a wwe empty arena match that i could show people to, sh- to show that this actually would, can work in a way yeah and honestly it's just two guys who have finally seemed to have found a route for their characters that really really works um and the, the verbal exchanges between the two are just as good as the physical exchanges. And of course, Kevin coming off of that WrestleMania sign. That's just something the stunts like that are what really sucker people in, I think to be, like, be yeah. somewhat interested in watching more pro wrestling. So like, that would be the one that I would suggest people seek out, but definitely Charlotte and Rhea. If like, if you like Kevin and Seth, go watch Charlotte and Rhea also, because totally. that match was stellar.
1: Oh, so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man. Agree. So. Yes, we definitely agree. Um, who knows what holds, uh, well, uh, who knows what the future holds for WWE going forward here, but at least WrestleMania is out of the way. We have finished the marathon. Daniel, thank you so much for, for stopping by again. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, uh Dan Trainer1 is my uh Twitter handle. It's D-A-N-T-R-A-I-N-O-R and the number one. Uh also, yeah, if you want to check out the crazy uh WrestleMania project I just gave myself where I watched all 35 prior WrestleManias in the span of two weeks and uh wrote about them uh please go to uh dot wordpress and you will uh you will find it there it was quite the exhausting task but it was very fun and taught me a lot about um you know how far things have come in the wrestling world
0: (laughs) i will say that is a task that i was not envious uh watching you take yeah i don't know I you know what?
1: It, it gave me something to do, Brian. That's that's basically, that was, that was the major motivation. It kept me on task, and it gave me something to do. But it was, I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had fun with it.
0: It's a very fitting way to describe this WrestleMania as well. It gave us something to do, but we had fun <laughs> while doing it.
1: That's right. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> Thanks again, Daniel. Okay, bye. And then you have night two, putting the entirety of WrestleMania 36 in the books here on LGBT in the Ring, um, a show with its ups and downs, a show that at points still felt like the spectacle that it's supposed to be, despite losing all of the the pomp that normally makes it that. Um, but I don't know, some of the I think like most other WrestleManias, some of the show worked, some of the show didn't some of the matches didn't need to be there. Some of them were ones that we'll be talking about for a while. And that, that's kind of what WrestleMania has become in the past like decade or so. I think ever since like... Ever since like Sean Taker at 26, like, I think that's really what the show's going to boil down to. In many ways, that's what the show's always been. Um, very rarely do you get a match where ever, or a show... A WrestleMania, rather where every single match just hits the highest note that it can. So overall, it was an okay show. It was all it was alright. I think the best way we summed it up the best way at the very end there. Um it was something to do and we had fun while doing it. It didn't save us from the coronavirus. <laughs> but I don't know, it was there and I I really don't like like the the Barry Horowitz action that WWE has given themselves in this whole situation of being like, one of the only um, like sports entertainment companies to run right now. But I mean, they they ran a show that was okay, and I'm pretty sure it would have been just as okay, maybe a little bit more okay if it had actually run proper. But we'll never know. We'll never know. And now we wait and see what's going to happen with WWE and AEW are still running shows. Uh, they have a lot of stuff in the can right now, but we'll... I don't know. The future, the the near future of televised wrestling is going to be very, very interesting to watch how it plays out. Um, yeah. But we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that going forward. Uh, but for now, we've been talking about wrestling for like over two hours at this point. So I'm going to cap this show here. <laughs> um, thank you once again to Daniel Trainer for, for coming on and uh, unloading all of their, his feelings about this show um, alongside me. You can follow him on Twitter at Trainer one uh, Definitely check out the same team podcast that he runs. I know it's on hiatus right now, but whenever it comes back, definitely go for that. And check in on his podcast uh, WrestleMania ramblings from having to watch, from pur- forcing himself to watch all 35 WrestleManias leading up to 36 back to back to back to back to back. I have no idea how he maintained his sanity doing that, but he was here and he was coherent, so. Two thumbs up. But plenty of other people that we need to thank for helping make this show just as good and amazing as it is, Uh, one of those being Daniel Quasar, the designer of the Progress Pride Flag design that we use in our logo. The Progress Pride Flag design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And then, of course, a big, big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand. You can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Check out all the awesome stuff that we're doing over at outsports.com. Um, there's some really fun, interesting sports content wherever there's no sports going on <laughs> happening over at our parent company, SBNation.com. Um, that we are, some of us at OutSports are going to be getting in and on. It's going to be fun to uh, kind of talk about some tangentially sports-related things um, while still keeping our, our chops kind of tuned there. Um, and then, of course, if you're into video games, every Monday, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, I co-host a gaming news podcast alongside two of my closest friends and two uh, Twitch streamers. Slacker Kite and Lady Merowyn. That show is called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Uh, it is uh, two hours of just fun, just pure unadulterated fun, while we talk about the good and the bad in the realm of of video games f- for that week. Um, I don't know. It's pretty good. I like it. I like doing it. <laughs> so I might be biased. Either way. That's going to do it for us here on LGBT in the Ring this week. Come back next week. We're going to have another fun episode because I have nothing else to do during the pandemic. And I'm just going to keep recording these until the void consumes me. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your damn hands. And we'll see you next week. Bye. From
1: the top of the bridge, she made a deal with the demon so her lover could live. With the moon is high and the devil is shy, it's the formula six, six, six.